Yeah, I have my purple tie on. You don't see me very often in a tie, so I, I wanted to call attention to it. I, it's the first Sunday in Advent. And <laughs> uh, uh, <clears throat> you know that song, I'm just a poor wayfaring stranger, a traveling through this world of woe. You know that song? Thank you, George. Um, <laughs> The church is on a journey every year. The church goes on a journey through its worship. We have the color of purple out now. We have the Advent wreath. And that begins a new church year. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready for a new year. <laughs> uh, this, year this year has had some woe. Woe is me. And, and Anybody, can I get an oh me? <laughs> and Advent is a new beginning. The church crafted a liturgy that helped people plug into the fact that when Jesus comes, everything is new. That when Jesus comes, the world is recreated from that time on in the hope that he brings as the Son of God. We heard those scriptures this morning. The government shall be upon his shoulders. Of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. Uh, the, uh, the scripture from Isaiah 60 that Kyle read, about, that the nations will come to the shining. Those who sit in darkness have seen a great light. Rob McAfee sent me that scripture this morning. It, we, we, we stand on the verge of a great new beginning in the church, a great time of renewal. And I don't know about you, but I could use a new beginning. I, I could use a new start. I could use some freshness and, and some renewal, and that's what Advent does. Advent means coming. And now we sing, joy to the, come on, joy to the world, the Lord. Yeah, now, now I sing this at, with kids at school, or, you know, teach it to them. It's amazing how many kids don't know Christmas carols. But it's so hard to get through their minds that the words actually say the Lord is come, not that he just has come. And so I get to say to them, well, you know, they say that because Jesus did, did come, but he, he is come. He's here. He's with us. And they just look at me like, hey, this is school. You can't talk about Jesus here. But, you know, anyway, Rhonda, we know, we know better, don't we? The Lord is come. He's come. And Advent says he's coming again. He's coming again. He's coming again. We could go to the window and look. We say, is it today? Well, the world isn't ready because not everybody's heard, have they, Nick? So, you know, we have work to do. We got homework. You can't, you can't go out to play until you finish your homework, right? We, we don't get to go to heaven. <laughs> Whatever. We don't get to experience heaven on earth, and the fullness of his government upon his shoulders until we've, we get our job done. What's our job? Yeah, thy kingdom come. Come on. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I love to pray that slowly and, and, and actually think about it. So Advent is the time of new beginning, of fresh starts in our journey. So it's like we can start the journey again. Now, those of you who have taken a trip in a car with children, what is the... <laughs> right, Mom? What, what is the question that they most often pop? Right, are we there yet? And the answer is no. No, we're not there yet. And, and the second question is 
How much longer, right? We don't know how much longer. Jesus didn't tell us the date. He didn't say 2014. Yeah, okay. Whoops, I missed it. <laughs> I mean, there's some people who said that, you know, and then they changed the date. I, I was wrong. It's 2015. And then, I don't know, I think they stopped trying to tell us. But anyway, Jesus, Jesus said, you don't know. The, it says, I, God isn't, the Father hasn't even told me when that time is. So get your work done so I can come back. But this, this hope, he's coming back. He's coming again. Wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, stars and signs in the heavens. We see it all happening. Unrest out the, throughout the world. The earth is groaning in, in anticipation of the manifestation of the sons, the children, the daughters and sons of God. You feel it in your bones. Don't you feel it? It's got to change. He will come and make all things right. He comes to make his blessings known far as the curse is found come on far as the curse is far as far as the curse is he journeyed from the throne of god from the presence of the seraphim and cherubim he leaped down into human flesh so that we could begin our journey back to God as Father. He became, the Son of God became a man, I think it's C.S. Lewis said, so that we could be sons of God. So this is our journey. And, uh, you know, <laughs> when it comes to spiritual journey, you know, I feel like, uh, am I there yet? And the Lord says, no, <laughs> no. I say, how much longer? Well, you know, he who endures to the end shall be saved. <laughs> Scripture says, I, I'm not there. Are you there? George, are you there yet? Uh, not quite. Not quite. Not quite. I'm not there. Got to visit a dear old saint yesterday with her son, uh, Francis. Went to visit Francis McAfee. And, and uh, her time may, may be close. The, Rob said, the, the hospice has said, Go ahead and get the funeral arrangements ready. Look, we all are on the journey. I love the quote, Barbara, you put in the bulletin. Did I bring it up here? Read Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Somebody read out loud Dietrich Bonhoeffer's quote on the inside of the worship folder there because I don't have it in front of me. You got it? Somebody read it. Yeah, go ahead. The celebration of Advent is possible only to those who are troubled in soul, who know themselves to be poor and imperfect, and who look forward to something greater to come. Wow. Amen. You're looking forward to something greater? Oh, th thank you, the two of you who responded to that. I appreciate that. <laughs> look, looking forward. Man, I'm looking forward. Now, Galatians 6. I started back again with Galatians 5, 25 and 26 because, again, the New Testament, when Paul wrote the letter, he didn't put those chapter and verses in there. You know, we did that to make it easier for us. Galatians 5, 25, if we, oh, this is, this is the multiple choice version. They call it the Amplified. If we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, 
That's a big claim. I claim to live by the Holy Spirit. That's a big claim. But it's Bible. You know, I mean, the Bible does say that. We must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character, moral courage, our conduct empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's the Amplified. Now, it's hard to believe that the next two lines are from are the same verse because it's in the message translation. And so listen to that one. Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. It doesn't get us to our location to sit in the chair and think about the idea of getting there, right? Now, I anticipate a trip. I look forward to a trip. I make plans, but I haven't made the trip yet. Come on. But when I get up, when I stand up, and when I start to move, when I start to walk, when I start to live, when I start to claim, when I start to to believe that God's Holy Spirit is moving in me, and I begin, you know, many people see, many people observe, but few people see. Many people hear, but few people listen. Many people feel and they think, but few people discern. The reality of what is going on in this room right now is unseen. We only feel a part of it. Angels, the Holy Spirit. There are so, there's so much activity in this room. And God wants to open our lives so we get up and we stand up and we move in the Holy Spirit. I shared this story in Elders because it, it was a really cool story to me. A guy came out of a worship service. And he went out and sat in his car and he said, God, people talk about hearing you and following you or being moved by you. I just wish I could hear you just once. He started up his car, headed home, and this thought pops into his mind. Get a gallon of milk. I don't need a gallon of milk. I don't know where that's coming from. Drives on a little further. Get a gallon of milk. So I'm not getting a gallon. He's talking to himself now. (laughs) You ever do that? I'm not getting a gallon of milk. I don't even like milk. We don't need milk. There's a store. Stop and get a gallon of milk. Well, just to get this idea out of my head, he stops, pulls into the store, goes in, buys a gallon of milk, gets back in the car and starts heading home. Turn at the next street. He drives right by it. Okay, this is getting really weird now. I'm not turning at the next street. Remember, he asked God to speak to him. <laughs> he forgot. <laughs> he, he be careful. You know, you ask God. I said, when kids at school say, oh, God, I say, be careful. You want him to come to you right now? And, 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 and uh, so, so he goes on a little further. Go back and turn on 7th Street. I'm not turning on 7th. Yes, you are. Go back and turn. Oh, he said, all right. I turn around. Goes on 7th Street, driving down the road. Stop. Okay, I'm stopped. I'm sitting in the car. It's not a nice neighborhood. The lights are off. He's sitting in the car 
not very comfortable. He's really out of his comfort zone right now. He's got to be walking in the spirit right now. Do you understand what I'm saying? Can you hear me? He's got to see something that other people might not see that he hasn't seen before. He's got to hear something he's never heard before because he asked for it. Have you asked to see, to hear, to feel and think and discern beyond what this tells you, what this tells you, what this tells you? Do you want to move and live and walk and journey by the Holy Spirit? You've got to go beyond this and this, right? This will get in your way. This, this, isn't a lot of hope. this isn't a lot of help. Are you with me? Do you understand what I'm saying? This, uh, my, my relying on my strength, my health, my mind is not going to get me into the spirit realm. Just not going to happen. What Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, acknowledging my brokenness, that will get me into the spirit realm. Because until I'm regenerated, until I'm turning from my own self and saying, God, forgive me, have mercy on me, a sinner. As long as I'm relying on Dwight, that's what I got. Hello? But when I can say it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, then a whole nother world, a kingdom opens up to me. So, so he said, take the milk to that house across the street. Oh. Knock, knock, knock. Lights are off. Some, um, uh, a man comes to the door. He does not look happy. And, 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 and full of embarrassment and awkwardness, the, the guy with the milk says, here's a gallon of milk. It gives it to him, and the guy, the, the, the man grabs the milk and, and, and runs down the hall, le left the door open. So the guy's just standing there. A moment later, the mother comes out of the bedroom holding a small child with a gallon of milk, runs into the kitchen. The father comes to the door with tears streaming down his eyes and says, this was a very hard month for us. I spent all my money. We were just in there praying that somehow we'd be able to get some milk for our baby. That's the Holy Spirit. Getting us to do something, hear something, see something, say something, be something we cannot be on our own. That's what the book of Galatians is all about. Walking in the Spirit. Three weeks ago, we had 17 people get up, and each one read one of the verses about the Holy Spirit. This book is about the Holy Spirit. This book is about living at another level, another plane. And I'm not there yet. Once in a while, like, you know, getting up in the air, and all of a sudden, pop, you're above the clouds, and, and you see this magical, mystical world. Or maybe you're on the swing set, and you get up to the very top, and you look, and you see, or... I shouldn't say this. Are there any kids in the room? No. Or you, you go upstairs and the, you open the hatch and you look out at that wonderful new roof we got. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, wow, it's so cool. This is the journey we're on, brothers and sisters, and we cannot do it in what the Bible calls the flesh. We cannot do it just in our natural understanding. There's got to be something more. Don't you feel that? There's got to be more to this life than just the everyday, natural, what I can feel, taste, smell, touch, and understand. There has to be more. So Advent ushers us into the more. Advent connects us into that mystical, mysterious world of 
kings who bring from far and shepherds who see angels and, and a mother with a, who's a virgin but has a baby and a father who hears the angel and follows the angel's instructions. This is our journey. This is our family. This is the Holy Spirit story that we're part of. So Galatians is a, 6 is a great chapter to help us begin again. Very practical and very relatable as we consider not only our own lives, but we consider those around us and how to bring the kingdom of God in our daily life. You know, when studying a book or a scripture, I like to outline main points. Anybody outline in here? Anybody make notes? You say, okay, this is the first point, this is the second point. I'll do it when I'm reading a book. If I'm reading a book, um, not a novel or a story, but, but I mean a, a book, you know, to learn something like Connor and Ian like in school, and it's not your textbook that you have to turn in, you know, but it's your book. You know, I, I, if I start to see a list, I, one, two, three, anybody else do that? No, okay, I, I know I'm weird, but you do that? I, it just, it helps, it helps my, you know, little brain to begin to make sense of things. Helps me to, to see, understand, and remember. So I like to do that with the scripture. And, and the other thing I like to do is I like to reword, at, and we talked about this, uh, reword the, the scripture passage into a prayer or a confession. So I did that. It's on your outline. If you've got an outline, would you like to read that with me? It says, Lord, I ask the grace. Would you like to read that with me? It's just a prayer. This is just my own words. But this is Galatians 6, um, verses 1 to 5, in, in, in a prayer or confession. Let's, let's do it together if you would like to join me. Lord, I ask the grace to humble myself in place of vanity, pride, and self-focus. Help me choose to rejoice in the success and blessing of others rather than envy them and compare myself to them or keep score. Help me to speak peace to others instead of provoking them. I confess my own sins rather than the sins of others, judging and gossip and comparison. Lord, you are gentle and merciful to me and them, so help me not to condemn myself or them as if I am the judge instead of you. God, Help me become more free in your spirit and help others become more free. Only with your help can I release my burdens to Christ and trust you more. Only by your help can I patiently help others and bear their pain and difficulties. I choose to release the debts, trespasses, and sins of others against me. I choose freedom in forgiveness, both mine and theirs, because by forgiving them, I am also set free. Lord, you are in control, not me. Help me to bear my own responsibility. I ask for wisdom and discernment to practice the difference between my circle of concern and circle of control. Amen. Circle of control is what God makes me responsible for. I think about my relationships, my roles, and my responsibility. I have a relationship with my wife, 
I have the role of a husband. I have responsibility, provide and protect, and to wash her with my words. That's, that's, help, that's been helpful for me to think in terms of my relationship, my responsibility, and my roles. Now, what's not helpful for me, it would be like I'm sitting at this table over here, and <laughs> this is my circle of control. Okay, I'm responsible. I am not responsible for whoever left those donuts there. Do you understand? This is not my responsibility. But I can get all bent out of shape about somebody left donuts here. Come on. Come on. Now, if I, I could be a little OCD right now. And, and I'm... It's not yours, is it? No, okay. <laughs> See, see I, I can get a little distracted, and all of a sudden, I'm thinking about donuts instead of whatever, listening to the sermon or worshiping. Do you understand what I'm saying? That never happens to you, does it? Now, now some people don't even see the donuts. They don't care. Some people, they'll just walk over and start eating them because, you know, you know, they left them. You know what I mean? So this is now my circle of control. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, we have boundaries. Even nations have boundaries. Acts chapter 17 tells us that God has set in place. I have a boundary. And there's no point in me. There's no wisdom in me becoming anxious uh, or intruding into somebody else's thoughts and feelings. We do it. We imagine, well, I know what's going on in that person's heart or mind. No, you don't. You don't know. You, you ever hear people start to talk about that? They feel this way. They're thinking this. I don't know why they are believing this about me or whatever. You, you don't know what's in there unless God somehow has just opened up their heart and you see it. Now, God can do that, but he doesn't do it for us to complain about them. I'm not responsible for somebody else's feelings and thoughts. I, it's not, I'm not, that's not my control. My control is to choose to be an example for them. And Derek, uh, Dennis Peacock says, my circle is like my garden, and the boundaries of my garden are defined by my prayer life. I want to pray over the people, the relationships, responsibilities, and roles I have. That's my circle. And God gives you grace there. When I... When I leave my circle and I get over into somebody else's business, I don't have grace. And you know what? They don't have grace for me to be a... Anyway, let's go on and get off of that. So, sometime back, Barbara said to me, Um, if we're going to connect with people who aren't having the same experiences as us, same background, we are going to perhaps need to change some of our language, some of our verbiage. Bob Mumford, an old friend of ours, called it VRG. Would you like to know what the... Now, you have to know Bob and his sense of humor. So please do not be offended. But he called it verbalized religious garbage. And, and you know, I can talk about spiritual things and use Bible words 
but I can be offending the, the Trinity. I can be offending God, and I can be completely disconnecting from people around me. Do you, you're, you, hello? You know what I mean? Now, now look, when, when Richard or Pastor Nick talk about the works of the flesh, the sinful nature, the, 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 uh, the old man, the, the fallen nature, when, when they use biblical doctrinal words, they know what they're talking about, and they're not, they're not, you know, they're not putting on a show. They're, they're trying to lay the foundation so that we're rooted in Scripture. But we don't talk like that. In, who talks like that in daily life? You know, go to, the, go to the grocery store. Oh, my sinful flesh is acting up. That's why, that's why I have to have that chocolate bar right there. Who talks like that? Nobody talks like that. So, <laughs> I want to I I be able to connect with people. Do you want to be able to connect with people? So, what Dietrich Bonhoeffer said is true. I'm broken. I'm on a journey. I'm not there yet. But I'm, but I'm journeying. And there are people all around us who want to make the journey too, even if they don't know how to begin. Or if they began at some point and they got distracted or waylaid along the side of the road and they just need somebody to come along and say, can I help you? The, so I wrote this as an expression for me. And I think Barbara somewhat, although it's too wordy, because she says to me, it's too many words to write. It's like when I talk, it's like the amplified version coming out of my mouth. <laughs> she, so I wrote this. We, I think I put it in your, did I put it in here? Oh, yeah, I put it on the back. No, I didn't. Really? I didn't put that on there? Oh, no, no, it's uh, two-thirds of the way down the front. We are all travelers, sojourners, or pilgrims. When I say our Father in heaven, I don't just think about me. I think about saints who have died and gone on and, been, and are with God. I think about the persecuted church. I think about family members, prodigals. We are all travelers, sojourners, or pilgrims, sharing the journey of brokenness. You understand we're sharing the journey? I've not arrived yet. Healing and acceptance is a journey of healing and acceptance together. That's a beautiful thing. We're on this journey together. In God's love, making friends. Come on. We're making new friends. That's what the kingdom is all about, making new friends. Becoming family. Becoming life learners, apprenticing, discipling to live the gospel, filled with the Spirit and sent as servants to change the world. Now, I got three questions there. God provides for all of us to grow in his love. What does the Bible say? How do we be born again? How do we be born again? Paul asked this question in Galatians. How did you begin this spiritual journey? Yeah, by faith in Jesus Christ and God sent forth through Jesus his spirit into your hearts so you could confess your sin and believe in Jesus Christ. How, how do we be filled and overflowing over and over again with the life of the Holy Spirit? How does that happen? Well, it's not a rhetorical question. I mean, anybody? 
Ask him. Right? I mean, ask. Huh? Drawing near to him. Are you thirsty? You go get a drink, right? You hungry? You get something to eat if you can. You can drink deeper at the wells of salvation and be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit right now. Right now. The Holy Spirit is here. Right now. We can be filled deeper and during this season of Advent be experiencing more of the overflowing. Maybe he'll tell you to get a gallon of milk on the way home and tell you where to deliver it. How about that? Are you ready for that? Sure you are. You've been practiced. You've been sitting, you know, and listening and learning and loving other people, praying for them. You're ready. He can expand your circle of control by bringing people into it and expanding his kingdom through your prayers and your serving and loving others. This is the journey we're on. How do we bring his kingdom? How do you bring his kingdom? Have you ever thought about... We, we used to send people out witnessing, you know, relating to people. And, you know, I, I mean, some of the old questions, if you were to die right now and appear before... Jesus Christ, and he asked you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? Well, I wouldn't approach somebody with that probably right now unless Holy Spirit really led me. But we would send people out and say, ask them what the kingdom of God means to them. See, that's, that's not a religious question. What's the kingdom of God? What's God's kingdom mean to you? I mean, it can be, but it, but it doesn't need to be. And, they, you know, people will think. I think, well, I don't know, I never, never heard a sermon about it. Or, I don't know, I never thought about it. Or, I don't know. It's a great question, by the way. What is it, how do you bring the kingdom in your daily life? You're going to work tomorrow, you have authority and responsibility. Bringing the kingdom. Do you ever, you think about that? Yeah, yeah. I had a, I had a person who was a school teacher once say to me, he asked me, he said, so when you go into your room in the morning, you line up your chairs, you make sure the floor is clean, you, you say the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. You bring the kingdom of God where you go in, pick up trash. You see trash on the ground outside blowing around, you pick it up. You, you see somebody who needs help, you help them. Oh, buy a gallon of milk? Sure, Lord. You get involved in whiz kids or serve or um, uh, the troop. Or what else? What else are we doing? Missional group. Thank you. Missional groups. I had in my notes to ask um, somebody to give a testimony this morning who's in a missional group. Stace, uh, within the last week and a half, I, I know that Barbara and Sandra and uh, Michaela met, Kendra and Stacy and Beth met, um, um, Richard and I met with Tim McCoy, and I know others, others have met. In, in missional groups and the DNA in the small DNA groups, just a couple people meeting together. You can be in a missional group. You can talk with one another. I don't know what Dwight's talking about. <laughs> What's he talking about? Bringing the kingdom in, in my work? They're terrible people at my work. I can't bring the kingdom. Listen, the, 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 the DNA group is to, is to help us talk work some of this out together and pray for one another. Then we come together in our missional community and we say, wow, this is what God did. This is what happened to me this week. Oh, it takes time. It takes a, it takes a, it takes a commitment, doesn't it? 
But if you want to walk in the Holy Spirit, live in the Holy Spirit, you got to get up. You got to begin that journey. You got to go some places you haven't been before. You got to be willing to get out of the comfort zone and say, I got to make rhythms in my life that are, might be different than the ones that I'm used to doing. Well, anyway, bring the kingdom of God. Very simply, it's righteousness, peace, and joy. You, you bring something that's right where it's wrong and God helps you. You bring peace. Come on. You're a peacemaker wherever you are at work. You're a peacemaker. You're in the grocery line and mom and her kids are having a hard time. You bring peace. You know what? I just, I just want... I, can I pray for you? Can I just say Jesus loves you and he's right here right now? Is there anything you need? Anything I can... We bring peace. We bring righteousness. We bring joy. Would you say that? We bring peace. We bring righteousness. We bring joy. Now you've got to see in the Spirit. You've got to believe in the Spirit that God wants to bring His kingdom through you. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Galatians 6 brings us into a horizontal awareness. Brings us into a practicality of life. Giving and sharing. Forgiving and loving. Being kind, overlooking, bearing one another's burdens. Galatians 6 is the outworking of the Holy Spirit's life in us. Oh, I want to begin again. I want to start all over again. I think I'll close with this story. There was a pastor or a priest, and he was in the sanctuary in the middle of the day and he happened to know, notice the back door open. A man came down the aisle and the minister uh, was looking at the outward appearance of this guy like we, we, we tend to do. We look at the outward appearance. He, was, he hadn't shaved. He was kind of disheveled. He looked kind of dirty and, and um, he sat down in a pew, was only there for a, a, a couple of minutes after he knelt and bowed his head, got up, left. Next day, this chap came in again, same time, noon. Again, very briefly. So the, the minister was kind of wondering, okay. And finally, after about three, four days of this, the minister came down to him and, and uh, asked him, what, what you doing here? <laughs> the old man said, oh, I work at the factory down the, down the street and lunch is a half hour. It's been my prayer time. Uh, in my life uh, for finding strength and power. So I, I can only stay a few moments, and, and, and so I kneel here talking to the Lord, and this is kind of what I say. I just came again to tell you, Lord, how happy I've been since we found each other's friendship, and you took away my sin. I don't know much of how to pray, but I think about you every day. So Jesus, this is Jim checking in. Now that's a man on a spiritual journey. You might... In the simplicity of his faith, I think he's gone quite deep in relationship with Jesus Christ. He may not be able to use the Bible words, you know, that we talk about, but he knows Jesus. Well, the minister said, that's fine. You, you, you come in whenever you can. After he left, the minister knelt down himself. And his cold heart melted and warmed with love as he met Jesus there and tears flowed down his cheeks and he repeated old Jim's prayer. 
I just came again to tell you, Lord, how happy I've been since we found each other's friendship and you took away my sin. I don't know, how, I don't know much how to pray, but I think about you every day. So, Jesus, this is me checking in. Past noon one day, the minister noticed Jim didn't come. More days passed, no Jim. He went to the factory and he found out Jim had gotten quite ill and hadn't been at work, so he went to the hospital. And <clears throat> the staff was worried about Jim when he asked about him, but they also were really excited. And, and they said to him that the week that Jim had been with them brought changes in that hospital ward. His smiles, his contagious joy, it changed people. And that was a reward to Jim. The head nurse couldn't understand why Jim was so glad. No flowers, no calls, no cards, no visitors. So the minister went in and sat down by the bed. And, and he began to ask Jim about this. Uh, Jim, they're saying what a great influence you've had here and how happy you are. But it, I don't see any evidence of any visitors or anybody who's come to cheer you up. Looking surprised, old Jim <laughs> spoke up with a winsome smile. He said, oh, <laughs> the nurse is wrong. She couldn't know. Someone's <clears throat> here with me all the time. And every day at noon, he, a dear friend of mine speaks up. He sits down right here. He takes my hand. He leans over and says to me, I just came again to tell you, Jim, how happy I've been since we found this friendship and I took away your sin. I always love to hear you pray. I think about you each day. And so, Jim, this is Jesus checking in. You started the journey by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, in you. Every step you've taken, every mile, every tear, every trial, every smile, every sh shared joy, has been the Holy Spirit leading you and guiding you. And, and as C.S. Lewis says, it's time to go further in and higher up. It's time to go deeper in this life of the Holy Spirit. He'll open the word to you in new ways. The songs and the carols will be more meaningful. The lights will shine brighter. You'll think, oh, a gallon of milk? Oh, okay. You'll be walking in the Spirit, and He'll help you. Amen. What's the Lord saying to you today? just want us to reflect on that for a minute. How's the Lord calling you to repent, believe the gospel, I have a feeling that he's spoken to uh, different people in different ways. There may be some who are hearing this message, and, and, and maybe, you know, Pastor Dwight was talking about being born again, and you're like, what in the world? Uh, what, what was that? What's being born again? And, and yet there's something stirring in your heart, like the Lord is speaking to you and calling you to that. And there may be some watching online right now who are sensing that. Uh, Listen, we want to have conversations with you and help you connect with God more deeply this morning. Um, and, uh, and so I just want to invite you to, to meet God here today. And um, you can meet God 
through talking with one of the people in this church who believe in Jesus, because we believe that when we have repented and believed in, uh, that means turn from our sins, and we've believed in Jesus as Lord and Savior, that the Holy Spirit comes into us. So that means anyone in here who's a Christian, um, the presence of God is with them. So you can literally meet God through the church today. And I know um, our pastors, myself, Pastor Richard and Pastor Dwight, we would all be available to have conversation with you, but it doesn't have to be us. We just want to invite you to talk to somebody who loves Jesus and is full of the Holy Spirit and interact with the Lord. Maybe you need to, to be ministered to this morning. You need someone to pray for you. You've got sickness in your life, and you would like for us to lay hands on you and pray that you'll be healed. We believe that God heals around here. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe God's calling you to something else. As Pastor Dwight was preaching, you just heard the Lord. So we want to invite you, however, whatever that looks like this morning, to turn away from your sins and turn to Jesus. We want to invite you to believe the gospel that Christ has come into the world and he is restoring all things, starting with you and me. And we want to invite you to prayer. You've been listening to the New Covenant Fellowship Sermon Podcast. If God spoke to you or if you'd like us to pray for you, you can email Pastor Nick directly at Nick at newcovenantokc.org. If you'd like more information about our church, you may visit us on the web at newcovenantokc.org. We can't wait to hear from you.